0: You are listening to The Real Happy Mom Podcast, the weekly podcast for busy working moms to get inspiration, encouragement, and practical tips for this journey called motherhood. My name is Tony Ann, and you are listening to episode 148. Well, hey there, and welcome back to another episode of The Real Happy Mom Podcast, I missed you so much. I hope you missed me too as well. I had to take a little break the month of July, but we are back and at it here, here in August, getting ready for school. And I was thinking of you, especially with us getting ready to go back to school. I know last year was totally different from anything we ever experienced. And a lot of us were home working from home, having the kids home, doing virtual school, um, and a lot of us are going back into the building. Um, a lot of the kids are going back into the building for school. So I wanted to make sure that we were ready to go with <laughs> this back to the school season. So I brought my friend and guest Christine Pittman on. She is a popular food blogger and she is going to be sharing with us some tips in this episode on how we can do better with our grocery shopping as well as meal planning and then lastly she shares some tips on meal times that will definitely make your lives easier because one thing i've learned from Christine is that it doesn't have to be complicated she definitely keeps things very simple and the other thing is really just tuning into our kids and what they actually like because i think a lot of times we know what we think is best for them. And we don't always take into account that they don't always like the things that we're giving them. And that's okay. Um, Now, we definitely want to make sure that they're getting the proper nutrients. I get it. But if your kids don't want to eat broccoli, like that's fine. Like let's try something else. So in this episode, Christine is going to share with us some of the ways to make grocery shopping a lot easier She shares with us an app that you definitely want to check out that will help you and your family make grocery shopping a breeze, as well as how you can prepare meals and keep track of things so that you can continue to make the meals that your family loves and enjoys. Then, lastly, she talks to us about lunch times, how we can get some lunches prepared for our kids, as well as dinner time, so that it doesn't have to be a struggle. So, if this is something that you are needing some help with, you definitely want to stay tuned to the end of this episode. But before we jump in, make sure that you join me in the Facebook group, the Real Happy Mom Facebook community, and there is a lot more information as well as some monthly training on Trello that is going to help you make this even more easier to implement. All right. So you can head on over to realhoppymom.com slash community and join me there. Now that we have that out of the way, let's go ahead and jump on into this week's episode. Well, Christine, welcome to the podcast. I am excited to have you. Thank you, tony Ann. I'm excited to be here. Yes, yes, Christine. I am super pumped to jump into our conversation today about grocery shopping and meal planning, because this is one area that I tend to struggle with. So I definitely could use your help. But before we jump in, I wanted you to share a little bit about you and what you do.
1: Yes. Yeah, so um, I am a food blogger. I create recipes that are Fresh from scratch, mostly, but easy and quick so that people can cook for their household and still have time to relax and, and spend time together and not just be in the kitchen all the time. And I have two websites, cookthestory.com is my personal blog that I started in 2010. And then the Cookful, which actually just got redesigned and launched today. So I'm super excited about the redesign. The Cookful uh, is like a contributor-based site that I manage that has a whole bunch of different people posting um, all kinds of amazing recipes. We get cookbook authors and experts. It's really wonderful. And then I have a podcast, Time Management Insider, where I am talking about meal planning and time management for inside the home. So that is all of my weird food media stuff that I do. <laughs> yes. Yes. And I love the food vlogging part because I probably am
0: on your site, probably often trying to find recipes and whatnot, because <laughs> I definitely could definitely do better with, you know, making it easier for myself because I love the pioneer woman.
1: Mm -hmm. And I
0: love all her recipes, but the ingredient list is very intimidating because there's a lot of things that she uses sometimes to create those beautiful and tasty dishes. So I love that you're trying to make it easy. Now, um, before we even get into making the actual meals, we have to start with the actual grocery shopping and actually prepping things. So um, let's start with the grocery shopping part. And that's the part that tends to be a headache for a lot of us moms. So I wanted you to share some tips or hacks you have for grocery store visits.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, and I I really think this is a great time because a lot of us were getting grocery delivery over the last year or more, and we're finding ourselves back at the grocery store and maybe we don't have the routines that we had before, which means it's kind of a good time to try out something new or or build a new habit in. So if you are finding yourself stopping at the grocery store on the way home from getting kids from something or whatever more often uh, and not using the delivery as much, this is a great time to try things. So the first thing that helps me so so much is I keep a separate list for the like bulky, big items, because I find they slow me down in the grocery store. Like if I have a big thing of toilet paper and a couple cases of seltzer water and all that stuff, and I'm taking them, when you really think about it, you're taking them from the shelf into the cart, from the cart onto the conveyor belt, for the conveyor part, belt, into the bags, into the car, then home. That is a lot of big things that are taking a lot of time. You can only carry sort of one at a time. So I keep those on a separate list. And then I do those either buy grocery delivery, Amazon, or like a once a month big shop so that my um, daily or like weekly shops aren't bogged down with all that big stuff. You know what I mean? Yes, definitely.
0: Because I definitely have that struggle where I end up putting a whole bunch of things in a buggy and then I don't have Mm. any space for them or (laughs) I get home and I'm like, I don't even feel like taking all this stuff out. So I I like that one.
1: Yeah. So that's great. I think uh, I have a master grocery list that is like a list of things that I buy most times that I go to the grocery store. And I'll say that I've heard people say you should have this for like years and I never did it because it seemed like a pain, but I found like a hack to make it more easy. So what I did was I kept all of my grocery lists for like a month, like didn't throw them out after I went grocery shopping and then just open an Excel spreadsheet and typed in all the stuff that was like on every single one of those old lists. You know what I mean? So it was like super easy to be like, oh, I am always buying tomatoes. I am always buying cucumbers. I'm always buying bread, milk, cheese, like whatever that is. And then when it comes time to write the grocery list, I'm not being like, oh, do I need, what are we, what things should I get? There's already this like starting point. So that's really helpful. I also love, there's a grocery shopping app that I love. It's a free app. Um, It's called Our Groceries, O-U-R Groceries. And you can share the app with multiple people so they can see the list. And if they cross something off the list, it gets crossed off of yours. But the thing that I love the most about it is that it remembers how you categorized each item. So if you type in milk and put it in like the dairy category, from then on, whenever you add milk, it's going to put it in that dairy category automatically for you. So you end up with your grocery list getting like automatically sorted according to the sections of your grocery store, which then makes your grocery shopping trip so much faster because you're not going back and forth through the store trying to remember where things are, find things. The app has remembered for you. Yes, yes. I love that. And remind me the name of that app. It's Our Groceries. O U R. Groceries,
0: yeah, Got it. Yeah, I love that. Because I'll be honest, I don't like going to the grocery store with my kids. That's the one thing I don't like to do. And yeah. they always want to come with me. So I have been doing a lot of um, Walmart grocery delivery. But the problem mm-hmm. is is sometimes items are not in stock or they mm-hmm. substitute it for something I didn't ask them for. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I end up back in the same boat where I need to go back to the grocery store. So this definitely makes it easier for me to get back in there without it being overwhelming.
1: Yeah, and I think now too is a great time to maybe reflect on – how our grocery trips go. Like you just said, your kids always want to go. So like if there's a time when they're not around and you can schedule it for then, or like, I find, I always think that I'm a big grocery shop person. Like I'm going to do one grocery shop on Sunday and that's going to get me through the week. And then I'm literally stopping at the grocery store on my way home from everywhere all the time. And I've just, at some point I was like, okay, Christine, you are not a big grocery shop person you're a every 3 day grocery shopping person just accept it and stop making these massive meal plans stop making these massive lists and go every few days whereas i think there's other people who just want to go every few days but then find themselves not finding the time to go or not going and maybe they need to be like okay i am not a grocery shop every second day person i need to get on top of doing a big grocery shop so i think there's something about like when something's not working, like when you're like, oh my God, this is nuts. This is never working. That's when it's time to be like, okay, how can I try something different? Even if it's just like one time or like for a month or something, you try it different and see if there's a better strategy to the one that you're using. Cause we're not all the same and nobody taught us how to do this, right? Like you're not shown how to time manage and meal plan and all of these things. And so watching what goes badly can help us figure out what's going to work for us.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, you brought up something g- good, you know, when you're talking about, you know, when it's not working, try something different. Mm-hmm. And I know I have tried some different things for meal planning in particular. Mm-hmm. So, now you've got me feeling a little bit better about going to the grocery <laughs> store with my kids, but I'm just thinking about like preparing meals. Um, you brought up a couple different ways as far as, you know, planning for every 3 days versus a whole mm-hmm. week or a whole month like I've seen some moms do. But mm-hmm. um, what are some things that we can do to just make it easier? I, I think a lot of times we make it too complicated um yes. but it's some ways that I know that you can simplify things especially being a food blogger I'm sure you come up with a lot of great things that you can reuse things many different ways so that you're getting most bang for your buck kind of thing
1: yeah, for sure. So I want I want to start by telling you a little story because I think that we think of meal planning as a certain thing, like you write Monday to Friday on the side of a piece of paper and then you sketch it and that that's how you're supposed to do it. Or people have these systems and this is the way that you meal plan. And I had um, early on in my podcast, I had a friend of mine on and she was sort of like feeling bad for herself or being hard on herself saying, I don't meal plan on the way she's a teacher, on the way home from school every day. I have a 30-minute drive. I spend the first 15 minutes frantically mad at myself trying to figure out what we're going to have for dinner. And I really feel like like what we came to for the conversation was like, actually, maybe that is how you meal plan for you. And maybe... It's not a, oh my God, I suck, but okay, I'm in the car. Now is meal planning time for today. What am I going to make when I get home? And like forgiving yourself and just realizing if that's how you always end up doing it and that's where you're always doing it, like maybe you can strategize to feel better about that. And it doesn't have to be one of these like elaborate systems that some food blogger like me has like pushed onto you. So just sort of like realizing that it doesn't have to be a certain way and that there's a bunch of different ways. And one of the things is my favorite favorite tip is to try keeping a calendar. Just a, I just print off a paper PDF calendar from online. I think if you Google for printable PDF calendar, and I get like this piece of paper and I just jot down on it what we've already had to eat. Like, okay, what do we have on Monday? What do we have on Tuesday? And I kind of keep like a diary of what we've had. And then when I'm trying to find meal ideas, I can go back and look at that. And be like, oh yeah, that worked, that worked. And the idea is already there. But the biggest perk for that is if you're somebody who's trying out different meal planning strategies, maybe you tried meal kits, maybe you're trying to pick up something at the grocery store regularly, or maybe you're trying somebody's system. Whether it works or not, you still are getting that data on your calendar of the things that worked for your family or not. So even if you abandon ship and stop doing whatever meal planning strategy you're trying, you still have like meal ideas and stuff that you can still turn back to when you're trying to figure out what to make for your family.
0: Yes, yes. And I love the scientific approach, like collecting the data here, because that's <laughs> a thing that I haven't really taken the time to do because for a period of time I was trying a different um different recipes with my family. Mm-hmm. Some of them they were like looked at it and they like started gagging. I'm like, really? Like you haven't even tried it. And then other times they're like, yeah, we love it, but I haven't really made it again. So I love keeping a diary or at least a list, a running list of what we've had that works. So I can always kind of revert back to those things because I was making my life way too difficult when I was trying to make a new meal each night for them and they ended up hating them all. (laughs) Yeah,
1: for sure. And I really think that, I think for me too, sometimes when I'm like, oh, I should try that system, I should try that. And then I think, oh, but it's not going to last. I'm not going to stick to it. Like, what's the point? But if I'm at least like getting some experience or getting some new ideas, or, you know, I I have one Saturday free and I Google for a whole bunch of recipes and find a bunch of stuff and we make those for a week and then I don't have time again, that information is like still always there, you know? Yes. Um, The other thing, you know, I'm thinking you were just saying that you made some interesting things for your family and then never made them again. I think we feel this weird pressure. I mean, I talk all the time about, especially moms, we feel this pressure to not only be good at cooking, but also love cooking. And like, we don't feel that pressure about laundry. We're like, okay, we have to be adequate at laundry, but if we don't like it, nobody's like, oh, you're not a good mom. But we feel this like, ugh. But- And I think that puts this pressure that we need to be like coming up with new ideas all the time. Whereas like, I don't know about your kids. My kids get super excited when dinner is spaghetti, um, tacos, like burgers, like the stuff that like they know and are familiar with, they're happy. They're not, you know, upset that we're not having something new and exciting for the most part. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely,
0: definitely. Yeah. And I do see that too. Like they are fine with the things that they're used to, but I'm just thinking about leftovers in particular. So Mm -hmm. I want to get your perspective on this one because my family, oh my goodness, we always have leftovers, but as far as like, you know, actually using them, Mm -hmm. we don't always do that. So I'm just wondering, what is your, some of your favorite recipes that you can either batch during the week or use them to make um, different leftovers um, for other meals?
1: Yeah. So I don't do like a big meal prep day on the weekend or like, I'm not super great at that. I I joke that, you know, especially during the pandemic, we're not going anywhere anytime. Like we're home all the time. And then the one week that I do a whole bunch of meal prep, suddenly we have to be a whole bunch of places. And I'm like, how does it happen that when I have the food is when we're not home to eat the food, you know, it just, it's just always that way. So I'm not somebody who, who for whatever reason does that, but what I do try to do is have some like one or two super simple meals in the week that are really just like protein, veg, carb. So it's like- you know, chicken thighs, rice, and broccoli, super boring, whatever. But then I make extra, like I'll make twice as much of the chicken and twice as much of the rice, maybe even twice as much of the broccoli. And then later in the week, those just become wonderful things. Like you can do the most delicious like bowl dinners, of course, like, uh, you know, you've got your rice, you've got your chicken, you crush some tortilla chips on top with some shredded cheese, salsa sour cream, some chopped up cucumbers, tomatoes, like you've got delicious dinner from those leftovers because you had those basic items. I also, um, I love there's, I have this, it's on the cookful on that website of mine. It's called the one pot pasta formula. And that one, it's a, it's a one pot pasta. (laughs) So only one pot's dirty at the end. Um, but it, you, it shows you how to use ingredients that you already have in your house. And so, you can use the cooked chicken and the cooked vegetables that you had and and make that meal. And it ends up being kind of different every time because you are throwing in the different things. But you as a cook get to know the recipe like, wow, well, I've got it off my heart at this point. So I could just start it going when I walk in the door and I know how it goes, even though it's going to be kind of different every time. But then having that protein cooked or those vegetables cooked, that can speed that up there too. So that's how I approach leftovers more is the basic things like having a basic meal or two that I can make extra of and then turn into more interesting things later. Enchiladas, tacos, bowls, into soups, into pastas, that kind of thing. I love it. And the bowls is one thing that I recently started like
0: getting into because it was funny because one day I was at work and um, one of the girls, her mom, is a phenomenal cook. And I tease her all the time and I call her princess because I'm like, you don't even know what like bad food tastes like because your mom (laughs) is so good at cooking. And so one day she was just like, hey doc, I got this extra bowl left over that I didn't want to eat. Do you want it? And I'm like, yeah, if your mom cooked it, because I (laughs) love everything she makes. And when I got it, it was like so simple, but so good. It had like, like you said, the rice. I think it had chicken. I didn't eat the chicken, but it had like some corn salsa and a couple Mm -hmm. other different things. And I was
1: like, this is so Easy and so good. Like, who would have thought? Yeah. And you can turn. I mean, I think the bowl craze started with like Chipotle and like Tex Mex kind of stuff. But I turn all kinds of things. I do like a Greek bowl. I do a a smoked salmon bowl. Like, so like what you would think of like smoked salmon on bagel, like Sunday brunch sort of thing. So they're like, I, I warm up cream cheese, smoked salmon, capers, lemon, cucumbers, dill. And the thing about all that stuff is it's like cold. Like, you don't have to cook it. You know, like anytime that you can have a dinner that you just have to chop a few things and dinners come together and you're not even turning on the oven, like that is going to save so much time. And the other thing, especially for people with kids is they can pick and choose what stuff they want. And so if you're like me and you like having adventurous flavors, I want to have, you know, harissa on my chicken bowl this week. And I know that's a spicy chili paste. I might not make a meal meal where that's incorporated right into the chicken, but I can totally drizzle that on top of mine and not on theirs, you know?
0: Uh, yeah definitely because that's what I was thinking because um, my oldest is I tease him and say that he's a picky eater but he's just he likes what he likes and he likes things very plain so like fried mm-hmm. chicken doesn't like it he takes all the fried parts off like mm-hmm. he likes just regular chicken no ketchup no nothing just regular fries he doesn't even like them crispy because he gets mad at me if I make them too crispy Right. <laughs> right his right. hamburgers are literally a bun in the patty like that's it like he's super super plain and um, so I love the fact that you know they they can either experiment with it and make it how they want it or keep it as plain Jane as my son likes to have it. So I love that.
1: Yeah. And my daughter actually, she she's nine. She is still, or maybe she will always be in this phase. I shouldn't necessarily call it a phase. This could just be her. She doesn't really like her foods touching each other still. So like if we make spaghetti, I literally have to put her noodles on her plate and then I take the meat sauce and I rinse it off. So that it's just kind of like ground beef on her plate for her. Like she's like that. And so with the bowl concept, she doesn't have to have it in a bowl. She does it in a plate. She calls it piles of stuff. (laughs) That's what she's having for dinner, piles of stuff while we're having our bowls. And she'll have like her little pile of rice, her little pile of tortilla chips, her little pile of chicken, her little pile of vegetables. And she does it that way. And it totally works for her. And she's still having sort of the same thing we're having. And it's just easier. And I'm not making her this separate meal. It's the same, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And, and she's fun. She sounds like my kids too. So <laughs> definitely can relate on that one. Now you share with us some really good hacks for dinner. I'm just wondering about lunch, especially at the time of this recording, we're getting into that back to school season. So I'm just wondering um, what are some things that we can do as parents on rediscovering what lunch prep is going to be like, yeah. and then even just adjusting to this new back to school period?
1: I know it's really weird. And for a lot of people, I, not everybody, but a lot of people have their kids home for part of the year, a lot of the year, last year, depending on where you live. And I think we, you know, we're out of the habit of packing lunches. I mean, we were doing quite honestly, a lot of warming up of leftovers with lunch um, in my house this year. And so, you know, my kids are going to day camp this week and I'm like, Oh, I need to pack a lunch. I don't even know where my lunch containers are. Like it's that kind of thing. But um, so what I I love doing is um, thermoses of leftovers. That is especially like pastas and, um, and, well, I guess even sort of the rice bowl stuff, that kind of thing, having some thermoses and being able to put some soup or something like that in there uh, actually is quick. Like it feels like you're doing something more, but you're just warming up something for the fridge. So I really like that. Um, I, I struggle with lunches for my kids. I, I think part of it is my fault because I, I do this thing where I ask them what they want in the morning, like we're running around like crazy people. And I'm like, Hey, do you want a ham roll up sandwiches for lunch? And if the answer is no, I'm kind of screwed because (laughs) I, I didn't have another idea. And that's what I was planning to do. So I've been trying to keep my mouth shut and not ask them. I know what they like for the most part. And so if I just do it and don't ask them, they eat it right. Like it's fine. The other thing that I think, especially with kids, my age, um, my kids age 13 and nine, I have no way of knowing, if they're eating their lunch at school, when they were younger, the teachers, I guess, would sort of send home what they didn't eat. Well, now my kids will just throw it out if they don't eat it. And so I've actually become much more fixated on making sure that there is stuff in their lunchbox that's going to fuel them that they are going to for sure eat over making sure that it's varied and has all the food groups. Like if I if I chop up a bunch of broccoli with ranch dressing, I have no idea if they're going to eat that. Whereas my daughter loves cucumbers, I can give her cucumbers or they both love fruit, I can give them an extra orange in there instead of the broccoli that I'm not sure if they're going to eat, and then I know that they're going to have it and I worry less about like okay, is this whole grain? Is this like I worry about that at home and I worry about that a lot, but for when it comes to what's going in their lunchbox, really I'm like Are they going to eat this? Are they going to have enough energy to get through their day? And that is more of my priority than the other stuff. And I feel like that has taken a lot of the pressure off of me when it comes to making the lunches. Does that make sense to you? Yeah,
0: yeah. No, definitely. Because I know that I was doing kind of the same thing where I was like, oh, no, I got to make sure he has like a little bit of everything. And he wasn't eating it. He told me he was throwing it away and he would come home mm-hmm. hungry. And I'm like, that is like defeats the purpose if you're not going to eat it. So yeah, definitely love just sticking with what they like. And then the thermos is too, because I bought a thermos for my son and I didn't really use it as much. Mm. Um, but I'm, I'm trying to figure out like what he actually likes. I can heat up in there um, and keep for him. But like I said, I know he he's the playing guy. So mm. keeping it playing. I just need
1: to stop trying to overthink it and just do it how he yeah. likes it. Yeah, I did. My, my daughter today, literally, so we had some smoked salmon left in the fridge from something. And she was like, can I have smoked salmon for lunch? And I was like, "Smoked salmon for lunch with what? And literally, she went to to her day camp today with like four little pieces of smoked salmon, tortilla chips, and a little container of guacamole. And that, it, I mean, she gets some fruit and there's a snack in there too. But like, that was her entree. And she's so excited. She's like, I'm so excited about smoked salmon <laughs> for lunch. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> nice. I didn't do anything. Of course, she's also the piles of, stuff person so that fits like the you know she'll she's happy with like a couple slices of lunch meat a couple pieces of cheese a slice of bread some cucumber slices that's her favorite and um and a fruit and all sort of separate and not combined so that also makes it easy (laughs) yes Yes, I love that, and 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 I
0: love how you're just kind of keeping it simple. Because I know in that situation, I'd probably be like, "Smoke salmon." Like, what do I need to make some rice? Or I know
1: <laughs> I don't have bagels. I don't yes. know what. With it. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think I think yeah, keeping things simple and and trying not to yeah, it, it's it's like sometimes we have the time and the energy and the ideas. And when that happens, great, go with it. And sometimes we don't have the time or the energy or the ideas. And, you know, it's not going to be the end of the world. There are way more important things. The conversation that you have with your kids in the car on the way to school is probably more important to their well-being than, you know, whether all the food groups are in their lunchbox.
0: Yes, definitely. I totally, totally agree. Now you have given us some really great tips and hacks, and I am super excited to give some of these a try here, but Mm -hmm. I was just wondering if you had any last words of encouragement or inspiration for us real happy moms before we signed off.
1: Yeah, I think just know that if you're even listening to this, you are already doing so much and trying and you're doing, you're doing great. And, 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 all of the comparisons and thinking what other people are doing or about what our parents did. All of that is just the negative thoughts that keeping that are keeping us down and just think about all the great things that you're doing for your family and focus on that. That's it.
0: <laughs> Definitely. I totally agree. Now, Christine, if we want to connect with you, learn more about you, I know you told us about your websites and your podcast, but where can we find you online if we want to connect with you?
1: Yeah, probably um, Facebook and Instagram are the best places and I am cook the story, C-O-O-K-T-H-E-S-T-O-R-Y on both of those. I also love getting emails. Um, It's christine at cookthestory.com and yeah, people email me questions and I always, it's that personal connection that I really enjoy and I find that I think I learned so much when people reach out and ask a question of me, like I I am getting better and better at figuring out what parents and people in their kitchens really need from that. And I want to answer the questions and incorporate what we learn into my recipes and my podcast and everything like that. So definitely reach out.
0: Yes, for sure. And I will make sure to include all of those links in the show notes. Christine, again, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all this with us. This has been awesome. And I really appreciate you.
1: Thanks for having me, Tony, and I've loved it.
0: Now that does it for this episode of the Real Happy Mom Podcast. To find the links in show notes, make sure you head over to realhappymom.com one four eight. There you'll find a Cliff Notes version of this episode as well as all of the links that were mentioned. And do me a favor if you found this podcast episode helpful, leave me a five-star rate and review in Apple Podcasts. This helps me out more than you know and gets the message out to other moms. This is a great podcast to listen to. And it just lights up my day. So do me that. Big, huge paper, and I'll be super, super grateful. Now, well, that's it for this week. Make sure you stay tuned for the next Super Medical episode. Take care, and with lots of love.